For the benefit of those with flash photography. Welcome, ladies. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome, boys and girls. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Welcome to DreamWork. I, as always, am Colin Delaney. In a moment, I will be joined by my tag team partner, Cheech. And this is DreamWork. Every week here on DreamWork, we talk about one of the greatest tag teams in professional wrestling history, and we talk about what made them so great. And this week's tag team is, uh, honestly, one of the greats. Um... The New Age Outlaws, and uh, we had a great conversation about them, and of course, Billy Gunn, uh, I don't even, by himself, I don't know how many time tag team champion he would be, uh, six with the Outlaws, uh, there's a couple with Billy and Chuck, there's a couple with the Smoking Guns, uh, truly one of the greatest tag team competitors in wrestling history, and then we touched on it a little bit uh, during the podcast, but... I think we should have gotten into it a little more. Road Dog is easily one of the best talkers in wrestling history, right? I mean, uh, there's not a lot of people who I think put him in the top their top ten, um, because I think that's probably because he's most known for just saying the one, you know, famous catchphrase. But I don't think there was anybody who looked more comfortable with the mic and sounded more comfortable. Uh, and yeah, he honestly is probably one of the top 10 talkers in professional wrestling history. Uh, I, I just think it, it, it needed to be said, damn it. It needed to be said. I'm going to put it out there on Twitter. I, I want to know what you guys think. I want to know what other people think about this. Uh, cause yeah, I mean, break it down. That, that tag team made money, uh, off of road dogs voice. You know, it's gotta make him one of the top 10 talkers all time. Anyways, let's get down to it. Let's listen to what Cheech has to say. And me. Me me and Cheech. When we talk about Billy Gunn and the Road Dog, the New Age Outlaws. Hey, buddy. What's up, pal? Um, I I decided I wasn't going to do it. Do what? the the whole the whole thing you know like they've got like a whole a whole thing and it would be uh, appropriate to open the show by doing the new age outlaws thing but I was like you know what I'm not gonna do it gotcha gotcha <laughs> I I we will discuss the the merits of the thing and and all things that go along with their their catchphrases and their the the spiel but but I'm I'm not gonna do it. Okay then. All right. Curveball it is then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling myself that now, but I know when I record the intro and be like, I don't know what to say, and I'm just gonna start doing it and I'm be like, ah, I told myself I wasn't gonna do it. The best part is I was almost gonna do it as my intro. <laughs> <laughs> I I was all ready to stop you too. I was all ready to be like, Nope, we're not doing it. We're not we're we're better than that. We are a better, we have more content to 
discuss. We don't need to go straight to the, the catchphrase. Exactly. We're above that. What, <laughs> what, what we are discussing today is the tag team of the Road Dog and Billy Gunn. Yes, the New Age Outlaws, the James Gang, the Voodoo Kin Mafia. Yes, a classic team if there ever was one. Yeah, I mean, when they started teaming, it, it was the Road Dog and Rockabilly, technically, still. Yeah, no, no, definitely. That was, the, that was fun. Uh, I, I actually I dug into a couple of those super-duper early ones where, they're, where like, their gear is all over the place, and it's just like, oh, wow. They were definitely uh, – there's a match uh, – uh, spoiler. One of the matches I watched was them in the Blackjacks, and one of my notes was like – it's a very weird time for all four men. <laughs> I I watched the same match. I was like, who is the guy with Bradshaw? Because I thought the team was Bradshaw and Wyndham, but that's not Barry Wyndham. And then they're like, Blackjack Wyndham. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, so there's quite a few different forms of the, of, of the team of Billy Gunn and the Road Dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I made the choice of Billy Gunn and the Road Dog for this week because I feel like they are uh, a, a very super-duper well-known tag team in the world of wrestling. And last week we did a team that may be uh, a little less familiar from uh, the casual fan. Yeah, and even though I was joking earlier by you know trying to sound above it, but no, they definitely are a classic tag team at this point. Like, in every sense of the word. So it was cool going from a very underground sensation to mainstream. Uh, I think JR said it all the time, like, oh, they're the greatest tag team. They've got six title reigns or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that in accomplishments. Uh, and I'll, I'll say this one off the rip because I did just read it, but I didn't write it in the uh, listed accomplishments. In their era, they only sold less merchandise behind Stone Cold and The Rock. Totally could believe it. Totally could believe it. Yeah, so that's the level of popularity that we're talking about here. Um, I mean, everyone knows the New Age Outlaws. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like, when you named them with Stone Cold and The Rock, didn't sound out of place at all, especially when you're talking about the Attitude Era. No, no, definitely not. All right, uh, pr- preliminary thoughts. What did you think when we, uh, when we decided upon this team? Oh, I thought it'd be fun, and I uh, I was excited because you know me. Normally, I skip right to the match, but I was like, "Oh no, no, I'm gonna listen to some promos." Like, cause they're one of those teams where like uh, their entrance is almost part of their shine. You know what I mean? So I was like, "Oh no, I gotta watch entrances." Their entrance isn't part of their shine. In a lot of those TV matches, their <laughs> entrance was their shine. Yes, I was definitely on the lookout for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Preliminary thoughts. I was looking for a team that's uh, because we've done a lot of the heavy hitters. You know, we're we're thirty something episodes deep, and we've done a lot of the heavy hitters. So I was looking for someone that was uh, recognizable, not uh, you know, not too niche or uh, you know, a, a classic tag team. Yeah, no. Like you said, especially after you know an underground indie team, it was good to come back with something on the complete opposite end. Two yeah. guys who uh, actually, you know, it's funny. We were on an indie show with them. I was like, oh, two guys who don't know the indies. I was like, oh, wait, no, they definitely do know the indies. Not in the typical way. They, they did it after. Uh, like, they're, they didn't have, like, the coming up indie experience. Right. Uh, I wrestled the road dog on that show. Oh, there you go. 
All right, let's get into their championships and accomplishments. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they've got a few. Uh, as you stated before, they are six-time WWE Tag Team Champions. Okay, okay. I thought I remembered that wrong, but okay, I was right. <laughs> uh, they're five from back in the day, and then they have the one from 2014. Okay, so I did. I was wrong. I thought JR was saying, I thought I said it wrong. Okay, so yeah, in the attitude era, he kept saying five time, and then yes, it became six. Yep, they are. They're currently six. Well, five time WWE World Tag Team Champs, one time WWE Tag Team Champs. They took the world out. Oh, okay. They lost the world. <laughs> they are uh, 2019 WWE Hall of Famers as DX. Yep, yep. Uh, PWI Tag Team of the Year 1998. Okay, good. I was wondering where they were going to fall in those type of lists. Yeah. Uh, number 43 on the PWI Top 100 Tag Teams of All Time. Okay, okay. Number 18 on Sports Illustrated Top 50 Tag Teams of All Time. Yep, yep. Makes sense. They hold the record for the longest gap between WWE title reigns with 14 <sighs> years. That's crazy, but like that's the world we live in nowadays. Like eventually people can come back if they last long enough. And the picture of the New Age Outlaws on Wikipedia, Road Dog is indeed wearing a 2CW shirt. <laughs> so uh there is that. I actually had to double check. So I read that they held the record for the longest gap between title reigns, and I was like no way. Bob Backlund was champ in the 70s, and then he was champ in, like, the mid-90s. But Backlund's title reign ended in 82, and he held the title in, like, 93. Oh, okay, yeah. I was going to say, you'd think his was a, that bi- a huge gap, but I, I don't... Because I recently was listening to something about Backlund, and I was like, oh, his gap wasn't as big as, like, they made it seem. No, it was 11 years, actually. So. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Because, like, okay, we grew up with it. Like, if it felt like they made it seem like it was a bajillion years, but no, the the New Age Outlaws actually top that. Like, that's crazy when you think of it, when you compare those two names, the New Age Outlaws <laughs> and Bob Backlund, like, you know, they they were neck and neck, but the New Age Outlaws just blew them out of the water when it came from biggest comeback. Like, that's crazy. Both dudes, I believe, were uh, employed when Bob Backlund was heavyweight champion the second time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's let's also aside. Not only as a tag team, these dudes have just been on TV and around forever, forever. Which is why it was so cool, kinda, that they became the team and it, and it became successful because uh, there is a track record. There's a long history of this type of team not working. Oh, absolutely. But like, it just goes to show, like, like Billy Gunn has like two other careers in WWE. Other than this, you know what I mean? Like he had a whole uh, smoking guns. Then they, then when they, they split up and he had his whole singles of the one Billy gun. And then they eventually got back together. Like homeboys got longevity. And like, then uh, we're talking about road dog who had a whole life before this with double J as the roadie. And like, like you'd think they're just the new age outlaws. It's like, yeah, they are definitely that, but they also did other crap too. Like that's crazy. Yeah, I am definitely excited to get into both of Billy Gunn's other tag teams. Are you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm real excited to do Billy and Chuck. Yeah, okay, I know. You are. You have brought them up a bunch of times. 
And, uh, I, I mean, I, I remember the smoking guns, but I was a kid. I would be interested to go back and see if there's some actual, uh, meat on the bone. I, I don't think there is. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine, fine, fine. But you know, which team had a lot of meat on their bones. That was this team, the new age outlaws. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you want to, you want to, I watched, I watched a crap ton of new age outlaws. It was so easy. Once again, it was like Edge and Christian. Is they're so easily digestible. But yeah, I got a bunch. I don't even know. I don't know the the final count. But yeah, I definitely got a lot in because they had so many and there were so many intriguing matchups. Yo, God, yeah. Uh, you want to go first? All right, I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, I started off hot with a double J Owen from Backlash '99. I was like, whoo! I just saw it. It called to me right away. Uh, then I saw Adilo Mark Henry from Heat in 99. I saw them versus the Hollies in No Mercy 99. Uh, the Dudleys at No Way Out 2000 uh, versus The Rock and Mark Henry on a Raw in 98. Too Cool in 99 on a – oh, that was a Raw as well. Uh, uh, Rock and Sock Connection on a SmackDown in 99. The Stooges, RIP Pat Patterson, uh, on a SmackDown in 99. Um, an LOD 2000 from Unforgiven 98, an Al Snow and Mankind from Survivor Series 99, a Rock and Stone Cold from a War Zone in 99. That's the second hour of Raw. Uh, <laughs> then there was a Tom Brandy Flash Funk on a Shotgun 98, a Cody and Goldust. I got one of the newer ones in from the Rumble Kickoff Show in 2014. Then we got the Rock and Cactus Jack. That that combination on a SmackDown, I think it was 99. Um, a Rock and Owen when they were Nation of Domination in 98 Raw. Uh, a Terry Funk and Dustin Rhodes from a Shotgun in 98. A Headbangers from a Shotgun 98. Another Too Cool from 99. Uh, new Blackjacks from Raw in 97, as we had mentioned briefly earlier. An Acolytes from Rumble 2000. An LOD from a Raw 98. A Shamrock and Boss Man from Raw 98. And then I ended it with, uh, that one left me a little meh. So then I said, all right, screw it. I'll go to it. I wasn't going to do it, but I went Mania 14 for the dumpster match with uh, Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack. Even though JR just calls them whatever names he wants. He's like, oh, it's Funk and Foley. I was like, no, it's Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack. Uh, JR has always done that, and he still to this day continues to do that. Yeah, I know. It, it, it just, it just, it, 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 it caught my ear the wrong way. <laughs> well, that's a lot of matches. I know. Uh, for the record, that Owen Hart Jeff Jarrett Backlash '99 match is one of my favorite matches of all time. Right? I was like, like, uh, here's the thing. I, it is like the first match that comes up when you look up New Age Outlaws on the network. So I was like, all right, like. It's got to be the first one I watch. I was like, all right, I'm, I'll just go in whatever order they put in if you're going to start off that good. Yeah. Uh, so I started at the beginning, their very first match on Raw together. I actually watched the Shotgun Saturday Night turn first. Okay. I watched uh, Rhodey come out and, uh, and convince Rockabilly to turn on uh, the Honky Tonk Man first. I oddly saw this on Twitter like a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Uh, so then we go October 97 with the Headbangers. Uh, then they wrestled the New Blackjacks. Then they wrestled the Los Boricuas. Those are uh, 
you know, the following weeks. Those are the first three weeks of their uh, tag team career. I was like stuck on it. I was obsessed with their, their weird gear. Uh, I was obsessed with the fact that they had no music. I was like, I need to watch all of this. Yeah. Right. It was definitely odd. Like <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was weird. Cause it, it looked like them almost, you know what I mean? It's, it was incredible. So I went from those first three to uh, LOD uh, November 97, which is right after those, but now they have the music. Uh, then LOD in February 98, then Rock and Owen, then the new Midnight Express from King of the Ring 98, then Headbangers again, then Owen and Jarrett from Backlash 99, then against the Hollies, then uh, I did watch Dustin Reynolds and Terry Funk. I watched them against the DOA. I watched them against Eddie Guerrero and Perry Saturn. I did dive in to the James gang and I watched the James gang against Kenny King and Buck Quartermain. Uh, I watched the James gang against America's most wanted. And I watched the James gang against LAX. And then I ended with uh, the new age outlaws in back in WWE against gold dust and Cody. Okay, that must have been where I messed up. I tried to find the TNA stuff, but I just looked up Voodoo Kid Mafia, and it was all just promo. So I was like, "All right, I'm not going to search that hard." Yeah, you got to go. You got to go, James Gang. Ah, that's where I messed up because I was like, because I just, I'm sure they had some weird matchups there as well. So you know what I mean? But yeah, I didn't get to it. Uh, you, you were fine. You're, you're just, you're all right. You, you didn't miss much of anything. Okay. We'll get into it when we get there. But I have questions. <laughs> uh, so. If we can go to the beginning, I'm sad. I'm sad you didn't go all the way to the very first one against the Headbangers. Yeah, because the unfortunately the one. Uh, let me double check. I'm pretty sure the the new Bradshaw or the new the new Blackjacks. Yes, uh, Billy and Barry never get in. <laughs> yeah, and that's their second match together. Yeah, so I was a little left disappointed. I was like, oh, okay, this is definitely early. Let me see what they got. And I was like, oh, it's – wait, half the guys don't even really get in the match. Uh, a sign of the times and also just an incredible uh, footnote on this Headbangers one, you know, they come out to no music and Road Dog just comes out running his mouth, right? Yes. He ends his running his mouth with, oh, you didn't know? You better page somebody. <laughs> I was losing it. Incredible. Now, okay, I think it was it was definitely I think it was on the backlash one, but also on on like a couple promos. I have some questions about uh television and what you're allowed to say cuz apparently you can curse in carny and nobody cares. Yes, for sure. I was like I was like I, I it it it's it's a it's a it's a it's a a thorn in my side. Like I need to figure this out. Like legitimately. Like I need to get a hold of someone in TV and be like, "Wait a minute! I just need to know what the deal is with that." So, and just a sign of the times. Uh, also, off the end of that Headbangers match, uh, Road Dog goes up and calls Jerry Lawler uh, a gay slur that starts with the letter F to his face. Yeah, that's the other thing, people. We are talking Attitude Era, so there's definitely some no-nos going on. And a couple matches later, it might have been the Boricos match, the crowd is chanting, the entire crowd is chanting that same word at Billy Gunn. And I was like, oh my god. 
Yes, yes, yes. That was, yeah, sign of the times. You forget how liberal people were with the, the F-bomb back in 97. Yeah. Or how scantily clad uh, Deborah was, which I put this in my notes, so I'm going to put this on wax so people know. Uh, whatever her age is, whatever's in that body, real or fake, that like me as a man who works out, I was like that body is impressive. <laughs> like just on like a physical, on like a physical aspect, I was like, yo, homegirl is in shape. You know what I mean? Like you could have, you could have fake boobs. Doesn't mean the rest of you is like it was impressive. And I was just like, yo, they could show that much of a woman on like it was crazy. Oh yeah, no, and yeah, Deborah's in literally next to nothing, and they they cut to her about forty five times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And of course she's promo fodder and, and, and commentary fodder. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely 98, 99. Yeah. Uh, on commentary during that match, Jr. gets King to admit he has a breast fetish. <laughs> I was writing down some of the lines <laughs> like, uh, Lawler's like, Oh yeah. You know, I, you know, how I get the ladies when I go to the gym with my pull-ups I pull up in a Lambo. I pull up in a Mercedes. I pull up in a BMW. I was like, oh, my God, you're killing me. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, another thing. A road dog promo line that I've been holding, he, of course, already used, of one where he goes, looking at my Gucci, it's about that time. I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. Road dog, yeah, he's spitting so fast a lot of these times. You're like, man, I, I forgot about all this. But, of course, he's using, like, uh, a whole lot of references and stuff, too. I was like, oh, okay, I see you, I see you. Uh, especially, like, the early ones where they're not coming out to music at all. They're literally just coming out to Road Dog spitting. Yeah. Uh, and then they finally get music. They get the Oh, You Didn't Know. And uh, this is against LOD, end of 97, and they win the tag titles. This is a month after they debuted together. They debuted October 97. They beat LOD for the tag titles November 97. Yeah, it's crazy. They were champs real quick and often. And once again, like we kind of touched on earlier, this formula of a team of two guys who have been around and WWE likes but doesn't know what to do with is a tale as old as time. And a lot of times it does not work. Yeah, um, it'll work, but never, never to the point where a they end up champions, or and b end up champions so quick and so many times. Yeah, yeah, like they they saw this thing working and they ran with it and they ran with it hard. Like, now do you think it's because they were kind of floundering, whereas usually these made together teams are kind of singles guys who are somewhat over, so it doesn't work because they're still that. Whereas these guys are like, we literally have nothing else. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I think uh, they both were on the roster for so long at that point in 97 uh, because, you know, WWE liked them a lot and saw the potential in them. Uh, it just took the, the right uh, – it was just the right swing at the right time. Some guys never get that right swing, and they, they found it here. You know, they struck gold with it. Yeah, like we said, they did have careers before this, but those had kind of run their course. Like, the roadie thing wasn't really doing much. Rockabilly was another last-ditch attempt after his leaving, you know, his run with the smoking gun. So it was like, okay, yeah, they were both... Yes, they had had their time on TV already, but they were a bit floundering. So this came at a real good time for both men. Yeah, and they put them up over the Legion of Doom. And and essentially, the the 
the feud with the New Age Outlaws is what splits LOD up and brings on LOD 2000. Yes, definitely. Now, I wanted your opinion on this because ah, I feel like they flirted with it on TV, but like in the general, like as as you're watching, that was very much a clash of generations. And I feel like at that point, it wasn't even almost like we weren't full on in the Attitude Era, but I feel like WWF or E at the time was like, no, 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 we're going to go with the new thing, not the old faithful you know what i mean for sure in those matches with lod and this is like tag team champs lod lod looks old lod looks slow lod looks not like the thing and it would be one thing if like they beat lod eventually but like no like you said it happened what within a month within a month they they debuted in uh together their first match october 97 and they won the titles uh november 97 so yeah that's pretty ballsy and very definitive by wwe at that time you know what i mean like that's kind of a ballsy move to go okay yes we threw these guys together yes it's hot for the first two weeks but to be like you know what i mean but just and here's the thing even us fans like the writing was on the wall it was like oh these guys are cool they're so cool that they make the the last cool guys not look cool at all yeah they literally and it wasn't anything like they just didn't look cool compared to the outlaws yeah it was just suddenly like this new thing just showed up it was like oh we didn't know this was what this was, but this is definitely cool. Like that, and that was us as fans. You know what I mean? So I can imagine what the what the bookers and you know matchmakers were thinking. Like, oh crap, we got something. Here. Here's uh, I need to get this one out there, and I may ha- I may be the I, I'm either cracking something wide open for a lot of people, or I'm an idiot and I'm the last person to know this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they wrestle LOD November '97, win the titles, right? Uh-huh. The next match I watch is another match with LOD, February 98, okay? Uh-huh. That is uh, four months-ish, give or take, probably less, three and a half, probably. When they won the tag titles, Road Dog has short to no hair. When they wrestle them in February, about three and a half months later, he's got dreads to the middle, or he's got braids to the middle of his shoulders, Yes. Was Road Dog's hair fake? Yes. <laughs> I was I literally was mind fucked. Uh here's the best part. I had to remind myself of that fact when watching because he I too was like, wait a minute. I was like, oh wait, no, wait, no, no. I remember. Yeah, it's like uh part of it's his hair, but since it's dreadlocks, like you could just dread in some more hair. It's he just I I'm I was taken back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it, it was it's like davy boy smith i can't you're telling me davy boy smith's hair wasn't real uh his might have been but you know what i mean like you can definitely just like add to that shit oh my god my life's a lie well we'll have to ask eddie edwards he would know i was so uh, and but no no i mean when i when you look at road dog's hair you're like of course that was fake. Why would I have ever thought that was real? But until yesterday, I swear to God, I thought Road Dog just had these sweet braids. No, no, no. It's you're you're not you're not wrong. Or maybe you just forgot that you didn't know because I too watched. I was like, oh, okay, he's got short hair. And then I watched another match. I was like, it's been a year. I was like, but there's no way. I was like, 
there's no way he has long braids because when you braid it, it shrinks. You know what I mean? Like you could have hair like to the middle of your back when you braid it, it'll be up by your shoulders. You know, bro, what I mean? it was three months. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. In my head too, I did the same thing. I was like, wait a minute. I go, oh yeah, that's right. This was a thing. Like one day he just magically had long braids. It was like, huh? How'd that happen? Who? It took me. It took me. I was I was like by myself looking around the room waiting for somebody to tell me like what was happening in my brain and in my life. Okay. Now that's him. Now I need to get, I need to get to Mr. Billy gun. Cause unfortunately I feel like as I'm watching him, my opinion was a little shaded towards the negative. Okay. Cause as I'm watching, I was like, Oh, I see why the rock and stone cold didn't necessarily jump at the opportunity to have to wrestle him. Why is that? Cause like, uh, at one point I was like, he's both too fast and too slow at the same time. <laughs> he does. He does. Uh, for some of those hot tags, he's running as fast as he can. And I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. Here's where we start. We start with that. Cause okay. Here's another hot take. I say Billy Gunn is faster between the ropes than Yoshino. Oh, probably when he wanted to, I was like, oh my God, I can't even believe he can hit the ropes properly with how quickly he's hitting them. The thing is, I, I had to, I had to, to come up with that hot take. I had to do the math in my head. I was like, wait, it's because it's 20 foot rings. It's a man who's a hundred pounds more and maybe not as fast on his feet but like the torque and the how hard he hits those ropes and how much he springs like he's faster than yosino running the ropes because he's got a bigger ring and he's a bigger guy but like yeah i say that so that was my first thing i was like super impressed i was like he trusts he may trust those ropes more than the undertaker (laughs) when he hits him like you know i'm gonna put every ounce of me into this because i know it's gonna spring me back i was like what if that shit breaks bro but anyway but yeah, so I was like, I'm super impressed. He's fast as fuck. Holy shit. On some of these hot tags, on one of them, I was like, he's literally trying, like, he is trying to see how fast he could humanly go. But then, so other parts, he's slow and clunky. And I remember reading about how, like, main event guys didn't like working with them. And this is the mind fuck that I get sometimes that, like, who am I to be critiquing Billy Gunn or, or any of these teams that we critique, but that's like, oh wait, I've also been wrestling for 16 years. I'm allowed to have an opinion on these things. Sure, sure. Uh, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I don't know. I, I thought uh, in a lot of those matches, Billy Gunn, because Road Dog, while he's a great worker, he's more the the character and the charisma of the team. The real work work usually came from Billy Gunn. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, not the matches I saw. All the matches I start with, most of the matches usually, like 90%, start with uh, Road Dog taking a, a shine and almost a, a baby face heat where he gets beat up for a couple minutes. And it's almost like a lot of these matches, it looked like they were hiding Billy Gunn for either a hot tag or if it wasn't a hot tag, he kind of hid. Really? I See, I felt like, no, I felt like he usually got a, like if there was a chance to do a shine that involves some movement. It was Billy. And then road dog would take a heat and then Billy would come in hot on the end. See, I didn't see it that much. A lot of the ones I saw was like, okay, road dog gets in there. He works with, he gets, he takes a opens from both 
guys he's wrestling and then gets cut off. And then eventually there's some sort of thing. Then he gets out. Billy comes in for like heat on someone. It's, I don't know. I, I, I watch these matches and walk away going, Oh, road dog was hell of a lot more of the worker than the two. I don't know. Well, he was the, he was the, the middle, he was the, the, the heat guy. And he had some good, uh, like false tags and double downs and stuff. They'd usually do like two of them. Uh, but no, I, I, I can remember a bunch of these matches, Billy Gunn doing, a uh, the, the shine that involves some movement and some, some running and some, some moving. And then road dog gets in and does some work and then gets cut down. Yeah. Oh yeah. If there's something that involves running around real fast, Billy does it. If it involves wrestling, then road dog does it. And most of these matches, it was like, unless, unless they were like the good guys and Billy got to like run, run rough shot over everyone most of the time it felt like he was kind of hidden and then what was playing into my head was like i think even you brought up or someone i know was like oh yeah the reason it was because he had asthma so he couldn't really do much he was only good in short spurts so i feel like that and then knowing how like rock and stone cold were like no i don't want to work with billy i was like i felt like as i'm watching i was like i was impressed but then slowly started becoming less and less impressed Uh, i think uh and i i heard the asthma thing too um, but I don't know. I, I felt like he was, uh, I definitely felt like he was definitely doing his end of the, of the, of the stuff. And at times, like if there's a, 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 you know, a chance to shine, he's in there going wild. So wait, wait, wait. Okay. Time out then. I know you. So you're telling me you would be perfectly fine taking a heat from Billy Gunn smothering you like a green horn out of wrestling school. Oh, no. God, no. That's what I'm doing. As I'm watching this, I was like, oh, my God. Colin would hate being in there with Billy Gunn. <laughs> but, and this is something that you always go back to, but I don't really, uh, I'm not usually a subscriber of it. The New Age Outlaws are the definition of step it up on pay-per-view guys. Oh, yes, because they don't really do much on TV. Well, and that's kind of a sign of the times, right? Like that, that 98, yeah. 99 era, it was all five-minute fuck finishes on TV. Like that's all there was. So I stopped watching like TV matches a lot and just started going pay-per-views for the most part. See, that's where my watching, my viewing got a little weird. Most teams we watch have a lot of TV, not that many pay-per-view. This was one of the few teams that had a ton of pay-per-view. Like, I felt like for the first time, I was like, I'm watching too many pay-per-view matches. So I knew that I loved the Owen and Jarrett match. By the way, uh, the best version of Owen Hart is teaming with Jeff Jarrett. Don't at me. Oh, I'm with you. And I'm just saying, uh, I spied a Tennessee tiptoe in there, and it warmed my heart. Oh, yeah. But... A match that you missed that I think you would enjoy very much is against the new Midnight Express from King of the Ring 98. Oh, I, I almost did. It kept calling to me. It kept calling to me, because especially because I just wanted to see the weird dynamic of like Billy and Barr and stuff like well, that. Right. And the makeup of both of those teams is very similar. They're another one, just kind of the same thing. Not sure what to do with either guy. They like both guys a lot. They're trying to do something. They throw them together on a team. Yeah, very true. But they saddled them with being called the new, the, being called the new Midnight Express, which is hilarious because the the New Age Outlaws is just they're the new age, like they're playing off the outlaws yes. of Dusty and Dicky. Uh, Bart and Billy have an 
awesome back and forth with like baseball slides and a hip toss all the way to their feet and like crazy stuff. Dang it. That's what that was. That was what was tickling my brain. I go, I wonder if it'll be, if it'll have those fun pairings, like with the uh, Owen Jarrett match, Road Dog and Double J's interactions are the best interactions. Oh, I know. And they don't even touch on it on commentary. I was like, how are they not really putting this over? Yeah, I know. I noticed that too. I was like, how are they not putting this over? Uh, one, but in that, so I have, I have one thing from the New Midnight Express match and one thing from the Owen and Jarrett match of people talking spots. Uh, yeah, a couple times I got a little loud in there. So, uh, first of all, once DX became a thing, every team after that told Billy Gunn and Road Dog to suck it at least once. Oh, bro. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll probably release it. Uh, I made a gif, now that I can do those things, of Terry Funk on Shotgun when he gives Road Dog the DDT and starts giving him the big suck it, suck oh, yeah. it, suck it, suck it, until China gives him a low blow. It's hilarious. But yeah, so every team, every somebody in every team does it at least once. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, of course. And in the Midnight Express match, Bob Holly uh, gets Road Dog down, stands over him, gives this super angry, suck it, followed by, fuck you, under his breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a loud one in there, too. I like the match I've watched with them with the Hollies. There was a few of them, so I don't know if we saw the same one. But those were fun, too. Like, especially just because you get the different sizes. But, like, once again, a fun part of the Attitude Era was the – all the different weird teams. Like uh, part of me, I had to stop myself. I wanted to see them versus the rock and every permutation there was. Cause there was a million of them. Yeah. And I feel like uh, the new age outlaws, they got along best and they worked best with guys from that, like 94, 95 era that they came up through. Oh yeah. 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 That whole, yeah. They weren't great with everyone just cause I, you know, they've worked with everyone. Yeah. But like, especially when they got to get in there with like a Bob Holly. Or with like, you know, uh, like the headbangers or with like, uh, you know, Bart. Too cool. Yeah, too cool. Right. So it's like that was like their sweet spot. Yeah, no, definitely. I enjoyed the two cool matches, but everyone I watched was kind of like, oh, we're just teasing. And they just like, you know what I mean? Like they were like only like showing you like, oh, this could be if they went balls to the wall, it would be awesome. But everyone, they'd be like, they'd, have, they'd start building up and there'd be some sort of screwy finish. Uh, in the Owen and Jarrett match. Uh, so, yes, there is a Tennessee tiptoe uh, as a shine, too. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's where I got the infamous road dog uh, reversing an Irish whip behind his back. Oh, does he do that in yeah. there? <laughs> yeah, he does it with Jared. <laughs> uh, but also, the one thing I had to write, uh, during the comeback, Billy Gunn, as he's about to do the power slam, just yells, you son of a bitch! Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those in there where, or they, or they, or a lot of motherfucker, or a lot of little, yeah, those little like cursing to themselves, where they're just like some sort of small little yell to themselves. You're like, that picked it up more than they thought it would. I rewound the power slam from Billy Gunn so many times because I was like, it sounds like Billy, but why is he yelling, "Son of a bitch"? Cause he's angry. He's fired up. It's so good. The finish to that match is incredible too. Oh, I know the double submission. Then he put uh, the sharpshooter. He fame masters him out of the sharpshooter. Unbelievable! Like uh, that's Chef's kiss, perfect finish. 
Okay, here was one of my notes from that match. Watching an Attitude Era crowd, because here's the thing, I watched this Monday night. Watching an Attitude Era crowd on my uh, computer while Raw Thunderdome's on in the background was just so sad. <laughs> I believe that. Oh, bro, because that match with the crowd so hot. Dude, one of the early matches in 98 with LOD, like, they're in the LOD still over huge. I was like, oh, my God, these crowds are amazing. And even, like, JR and King are putting it over. Like, no, no, no. like, they like they, they put over the crowds everywhere just because they were so hot. And it was great because they'd be like, we're here in the heart of Texas, and everybody's on their feet. And they'd be like, oh, we're in New York City. And they'd be like, anywhere they went, the crowds were just, oh, it was so great. Uh, one of the I can't remember which match it was. It was an early one though because Kane must have just debuted. So someone okay. someone had a sign that said Kane rules, but it was spelled C A I N because we still didn't know how it was. You know, we didn't know it was K A N E yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was just the name. We hadn't seen he hadn't gotten a, a Chiron or anything. Yeah, yet. I was like, man, that's that's a definite uh, sign of the times right there. We we don't even know how to spell Kane yet. All we knew is, it's got to be Kane. That must be Kane. Yeah. Uh, the Eddie and Saturn match uh, I watched is one where Eddie breaks his arm. That's why I didn't watch. I forgot. <laughs> and then he hits it, and I go, oh, no, this is the one where Eddie breaks his arm. Okay. Speaking of, there is a match, then versus the Dudleys, where Billy doesn't do anything. He gets the hot tag, and this does everything with his left arm. Um, does a Faye Master real awkward. One, two, he gets pulled to the outside, and for no reason, uh, Bubba hits him with a lead pipe in the shoulder. I was like, he was injured. Something was up. Because the whole time, he's just got that one arm against his body and the, the whole time, and he whacks him right in the arm, and I was like, ooh, that, somebody, somebody came in injured. Which brings me to this. I was surprised, out of all those matches, yes, I watched a lot of matches, how many matches were title changes? Like, I just had no idea. It was like, match, 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 one, two, three, new champs. I was like, new champs? I Like, I saw they had the belt, but I didn't know if that's like, like, did they drop? Like, I didn't know where that came from. I was like, oh, yeah, they were champs. I didn't know it was already on the line. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, when I was looking up their cage match, sometimes I was like, wait a second. When did they have, when did they win the titles? And I had to look back and I was like, oh, it was two shows ago. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, so many matches. I was like, okay, yada, 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 one, two, three, new champs. I was like, well, but what? Yeah, uh, they were they were a little loosey-goosey with throwing around those tag titles in the, uh, the 98s, 99s. Yeah, it was definitely weird. Um, oh, I did want to touch on the Stooges match, because, of course, I watched it because, you know, Pat Patterson, et cetera, et cetera. Here's, guess what move Pat Patterson takes in that match? Oof, what? He takes a Fed post, and I was like, aha, that's where it's from. It was his idea all along. <laughs> and by Fed post, let me explain to the people, when the guy charges in the corner and he moves and the guy charges so furiously, he goes all the way through and it's his shoulder on the post, which for something became a fad in WWE in, in, for the last decade plus. So, yeah, we've dubbed it the Fed post. But I saw Pat Patterson do it in 90, what year was it? 99. I was like, oh, He's the genius architect behind everything. I'm sure that's his idea. It probably was. Uh, it was really bad a couple of years ago, like five or six years ago. It felt like every match on a Raw or SmackDown had it. 
Yeah, definitely. But like, you know what I mean? Like he is known as the architect of a huge part of the WWE style. So I have to go back and watch. They say the slaughter match are like, oh no, that 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 match was what became WWE style. Remember we were arguing, did Hogan create the style or did the style come from Hogan? Maybe it was Patterson this whole time. Well, I'll have to dig into it. But the Stooges match was great. Uh, and <laughs> I didn't I didn't check it out. I should have checked it out. Oh, it was fucking, there was, of course, no DQ. So, like, I think they start, like, Briscoe charges right in, throws powder in the face, and they just start going at it. I'm into that. It's kind of sad I missed that one. I was I was so focused on the fact that, like, I started doing it, and then I was, like, getting into and I was just watching all these matches, and then I was like, oh, crap, they also had a weird TNA run. I got to try and sneak some of that in. And, oh, yeah, they came back in, like, 2014, 2015. I got to try and get some of that in. So I, I started jumping around. I was like, oh, I, I, I just got to get in what I can get in here. I was mad because there were certain matchups I wanted to see on the 2014-15 run. I was like, like they only did six mans with the shield um, and, like, certain other teams. They Or, like, they got in there with, like, Daniel Bryan, but it was only like six mans and stuff. And I was like, ah, dang it. Yeah. I, uh, I also didn't, I, I went for the Cody and, uh, gold dust one. I, I did one on raw after they had already won the titles because I couldn't find the kickoff one. How do you find kickoff shows on the WWE network on the award-winning WWE network? Where is Royal rumble 2014 kickoff show? I don't know. I just I found it when I I just looked up New Age Outlaws and then I just scrolled through the matches and found it that way. I was looking for it so hard. I watched the other one. Either way, I want to get into uh, their TNA run very briefly. Bring it on. Just because I have this question because it comes up. Uh, uh, you can probably say it for a lot of people. Why they're in WWE? They're doing their thing. They go to TNA. They seemingly do not care. And then they go back to WWE in 2014 and are back to caring. What's this? Money, money, <laughs> money, money, money. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I don't know what kind of money TNA was throwing at guys like that. But just imagine that you you you're in TNA, which is clearly uh, you know, the second place at this time. And suddenly you, you know, it's weird because like they saw all the glitz and glamour and were over it. And then they went to TNA and were there long enough to be like, you know, the glitz and glamour wasn't that bad. And then when you get the chance to actually go back, like how many guys get to burn the bridge and then rebuild it, then go across it, then get a run, jobs. And then if it wasn't for Billy and his horse tranquilizer uh, addiction or whatever, he would still be there, but let him be as giant as he wants to be. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, you see a bunch of guys make that move over to uh, to TNA or Impact or whatever back in the day, and then you watch their stuff on Impact, and you're like, why don't they give a shit? You know, like, it was still a, a television product, it, and, and I mean, I can't imagine that they were like, uh, I don't know, making nothing. No, definitely not. I'm just saying I'm sure what made them extra motivated when they went back to WWE was a whole lot of money and getting to go back. Yeah, I know. It is weird that some guys go to TNA. Like, it's weird that, like, obviously they shunned 
WWE and, you know, the glitz and the glamour. I'll just keep saying it that way. You know what I mean? And then they then they got TNA and I was like, well, then why won't you dig in at the next place? And it was like, oh, no, it's not the glitz and the glamour here. So, you know, we'll half-ass it almost or seemingly. I don't know. Or maybe they were injured and banged up. Maybe we don't know. Yeah, it, I feel like you see it with a lot of people, though, which is why I have to ask. You know, I feel like it's not just them. I feel like you see other guys go over to Impact after having a run with WWE. And it's like, oh, here's this big get. And then you watch them wrestle and you're like, oh, oh. Are you talking about Booker T in his golf game? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but no, but yes, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was it was worth noting. But then, yeah, they came back. And they had right. uh, they had a good run. They were doing good stuff. They were still their bumps are still quick and crisp. They're still running and moving like well. They're not. I don't know. I was like, yeah, hell yeah, let's go. Okay, let me say this then. I do say now that Billy Gunn still is almost borderline human. His speed now is perfect for wrestling. <laughs> when he was younger, he it's just too fast. He's too fast, too herky jerky, uh, fast and slow, then clunky. You know what I mean? Now he's slowed down. Obviously, he's gotten better too, you know what I mean, with age. But I'm just saying, now that he's almost human, he, he moves at a speed that's much better. So, like, that whole 2014-15 run, I thought he was way better. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to watch more, but I, I, I dug into it too late because I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll watch some of that stuff uh, shortly before we podcast. And I was like, oh, I wish I had time to dig into a little more of that. It was fun. Yeah, so that's the thing. As much as I may have dogged him earlier, I do want to say, and especially even now, I'm sure if he's on AEW, his matches, I'm sure his speed now is way more conducive to having better matches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the It's definitely, uh, I don't know, they, they didn't look like, uh, they didn't look out of place. They didn't look like the old team coming back. Like, I don't know, LOD looked older than them in 97. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, I didn't think they were out of place at all. I thought it was just, it was, it was nostalgic, but it was not out of place. Yeah, no, definitely not. All right. Uh, let's, I mean, let's get right into it. Let's, uh, what made the new age outlaws great? It was the weirdest and luckiest jigsaw puzzle. Cause like we said, the, the throwing together of two random guys in WWE slash F at the time and, and hoping for what's best never has went so well as these two. So like, A, there's just a whole lot of luck. But what I like about the parts is when watching what made him great, Billy was athletically off the charts, which in turn, Road Dog did not have to worry about that. He was very athletic. Even I watched him running the ropes, he's pretty fast. Unfortunately, when he's next to the horse that is Billy Gunn, you don't really see it. But he totally picked up where he where Billy left off. He was able to do all the work part, and he was the best mouth at the time. All right, maybe Rock was better or Stone Cold. But, you know I mean, if you're talking Mike guys in Attitude Era, the era of Mike guys, he's up there. You know what I mean? Probably top three. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, and and you you nailed it. It was a, a basically a lucky pairing. They 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 just struck gold with this one because there's so many times when that exact thing that they did with road dog and Billy Gunn would not work. And that would be, you know, it'd be back to the drawing board and one of them would lose a job, yada, 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 but it, it worked. And it, it's because Billy was also Billy, a tag team guy came from a tag team background. Uh, road dog came from like a bit of that too. Cause before WWF, 
he was doing like tag stuff with his brothers in WCW on like worldwide and main event and all that. So like I was gonna say he was born onto a team. He was born on a team Armstrong. Yeah, and then he was doing tag with with Jarrett, but Billy was like on top tag team champion uh pedigree and then put him with a guy like Road Dog who once again he probably was and that probably did a tribute to them selling the third highest merch behind Austin and Rock was Road Dog's mouth, his ability to talk and the charisma and the character. Uh it was it was the perfect storm of things for that era for sure. Exactly. It was like the best possible one plus one equals two. You know what I mean? We're like, all right, we got A, we got guy B. Let's see what happens. It's like, oh, it, it fits together perfect. Yeah, it's uh yeah, I, I agree. Now let's talk about how we would defeat the new age outlaws. Okay, this is where we might differ because we had slightly different opinions. Oh, well, hmm. I'm thinking in their pride. So I'm thinking 98 Billy Gunn we need to uh, take advantage of. Uh, how how would we do that to six foot six Billy Gunn? There's two of us. He's susceptible. <laughs> Bro, that- as, fast as, as fast as he moves, he falls just as fast over and over. That is true. Uh, so... I mentioned before that I had wrestled the road dog. It was supposed to be, uh, it was supposed to be me and Jimmy against the new age outlaws. Uh, but, but Billy, I guess his flight got canceled or, or something, something, something. So only road dog was there. But I remember leading up to that match, talking to Jimmy and just saying, Hey man, what are we going to do? Like they're giants. That's something that we did not touch on in this entire podcast, which is a little crazy. Billy Gunn and Road Dog are gigantic humans. Well, I feel like Billy being known as a giant human is kind of just a known thing right now. But yes, we can put that over again. And then once again, uh, Road Dog, also a big human, but once again, next to the horse that is Billy Gunn, you don't think it. Well, but yes, he's also a big dude. He's what, like 6'4"? Yes, that's what I was just going to say. Billy Gunn is like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, so you just are like, man, that dude's big. And then Road Dog looks like normal dude by comparison, but Road Dog's like 6'4". And he was also covered up and stuff. But you know what I mean? So you don't think necessarily, but you're like, you, you know what I mean? It's hard to get his proportions when he's wearing the baggy pants and the baggy shirt. But when you're standing next to the baggy pants and the baggy short, you're like, oh, this is a big man. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't know how we would beat them, but it's definitely, uh, it involves shenanigans for sure. I was going to say, they are, they are definitely prone to shenanigans, but I... I don't know. Like I'm saying, I'm thinking at our prime. So I'm saying I think we could, we could definitely out uh, technically wrestle them. You know what I mean? That was not their strong suit. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean? They were in their punch, kick. They did the moves. You know what I mean? And they had their their offense for sure. But they weren't necessarily like the Midnight Express. They weren't tacticians in there per se right so we would have to out wrestle them wrestle them for sure and they uh i think i saw them do one tag team move ever <laughs> which was that i don't know i saw them do a double flat or a double uh they did like a double uh flapjack over the top rope i was gonna say that i was like i know i saw them do a double flapjack <laughs> yeah that's about it though so i think we can uh we we double team for sure uh, yeah, exactly. 
and we keep moving. I don't know, man. Billy Gunn, like I said, he scares me. He's fast and giant. That's what I'm saying. We got to take him out quick and together and then hope for our best with the road dog. Yeah, or uh, here was a move they did a lot. If I'm if I'm currently scouting the New Age Outlaws, it would be Billy Gunn running hot and then Billy Gunn uh, double clothesline someone over the top. So when Billy goes tumbling with one of us, the other one has to know that that is our chance to take the road dog out. Yep. So that is how we would defeat the New Age Outlaws. But still... Billy Gunn is so big and so fast. But I'm saying, maybe if he wrestled him now, since he's almost borderline human. Oof. And by that, I mean still above human. He's almost coming down towards human. Yeah, agreed. Well, we did it, man. That was the New Age Outlaws. That was fun. I had a lot of fun doing that, actually. Yeah. Uh, the the early stuff, back before they had the, the total grasp on like who they were as a team, is so much fun to watch. I don't know. I, I dig that. That's why I always start at the beginning, you know, because I like that, that, that phase where any team is kind of figuring out their identity. I dug it because I feel like if I was to watch just straight hours of Attitude Era, it might be a little, ugh. But if I'm just watching matches isolated, it was amazing. But you know what I mean? I feel like if I had to watch, like, the whole Raw that led up to their tag match, I'd be like, Ugh, this is a little tedious, but when you're just watching the one match, it's great. Uh, but I am going to go back to the show. I'm pretty sure it's the the Raw that they debut as a team on. Okay. Also has Shawn Michaels against Owen Hart. Ooh. And Taka Michinoku against Tajiri. Oh, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just I, – I almost uh, – when I'm when I'm in study mode, I'm just going straight for New Age Outlaws matches. But I almost broke that after the first match just so I could watch those two matches. Yeah, no, that's the thing. When when you get to dig into these random shows, you're like, ooh, like you'll just see the other matches. You're like, ooh, I I saw that. Like, it, yeah, it was just it's just that that's just the fun of the Attitude Era. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, my phone's gonna die, so we're gonna end this podcast now. <laughs> All right. Uh, Until next week. Adios.